Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. My name is Joyce, and here we talk everything life. So we're back again for another midweek musing and just chatting about what's just going on. I don't know where all of you live. So those of you who are blessed enough to live in a place that changes seasons, it's starting to look pretty gorgeous outside. The trees are starting to turn yellow and orange and just get that kind of fall feeling in the air. Um, I'm not one of those pumpkin spice latte people. I'm just not. I don't like coffee. So that lets me out of a whole bunch of the fall drinks. Um, I do like pumpkin pie though. I'm always up for a good pumpkin pie and I actually really make a good homemade pumpkin pie. So I'm all up for that. But what I'm really loving about fall is I'm loving about the gentle breezes, the coolness in the air. I love summer. Don't get me wrong. I love spring and summer. I love the promise that spring brings. I love the rain. I love the the heat of the summer. Not too much heat. You know, like 30 degrees Celsius is a little warm for me. But I do like the warm weather. And I like, you know, the growing season and being able to pick flowers and harvesting vegetables and everything that goes along with summer. Paddle boarding and days at the beach and days at the lake. And just being able to constantly plant new things in the garden and know that there's going to be time for them to grow. But fall's kind of different. Fall kind of like hits a whole bunch of, it hits a whole bunch of things all in a convergence, if you will. So we have back to school, we have the weather changing, and we have the beginning of the several months of holiday season. You know, the, the, the Labor Day, the Thanksgiving, the Halloween, the Christmas, the New Year's, and they're all very close together. It's the closest grouping of holidays in the year. So we have the convergence of those three things, and it can sometimes be easy to not pay attention to those little things like the change in color of the leaves and the the change of the temperature the nice thing about where I live is it's cool enough to like to wear a sweater in the morning so if you're one of those pumpkin spice latte people you know it's pumpkin spice latte weather in the morning um I tend to be more of a tea or hot chocolate kind of person in the morning it's usually tea so a nice sweater, some hot tea. You're looking out and seeing the breeze. It's also harvest season. So we're pulling crops off the fields if you're like a full-on farmer or if you're a backyard gardener or you have a, an allotment or you have a farm, like a hobby farm with a field garden like we have, you're pulling stuff in. By the way, our pumpkins are doing so good out in the field garden. I have never seen, just side note, I've never in my entire life, and I have tried growing pumpkins in my city garden. I have tried them in barrels. I've tried them in the raised bed garden, all the things. This year, I'm actually getting a pumpkin, and it's going to be a fairly good one, but not orange. Like I don't think we have enough time for it to go orange. I planted the ones out in the field garden 
I planted the seeds. So not even buying starts from the store, which is how I've always done them. I've always planted starts from the store or I have started them from seed and transplanted them out into my own garden. But I've literally never put a pumpkin seed in the ground and expected it to grow and produce a pumpkin. And so this year when we were doing the field garden, it was already late. Like it was July 1st, the day that I planted everything that's out there. The small four by four raised bed garden that's out here planted about mm, a month, five weeks earlier than that. But the one out in the field was July 1st. So that's like, what are we looking at here? July, August, halfway through September. So we're talking 10 weeks. So 10 weeks. So 70 days, a little over 70 days, probably 70 to 75 days. That's not a lot of time. And I was just checking on them again today because I check on them every day. And there are pumpkins, not one, several pumpkins on this plant. The plant, by the way, looks amazingly strong. There is no powdery mildew going on. They're green. It's beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. Even my one in town has already got the powdery mildew, which is a thing for us. We don't tend to be concerned about it because it doesn't affect the fruit, like our zucchinis in town always have powdery mildew on them. The zucchinis are fine. It's just because the leaves stay wet and it, so they just get this white kind of powder on them and we're not eating the leaves, so it doesn't really matter, but it doesn't get on the, it doesn't get on the fruit. Like, so it doesn't get on the zucchini or the pumpkins, but the ones out at the farm, not a single thing, just beautiful, beautiful, healthy looking green plants. They're sprawling everywhere. Several pumpkins that are already oranging up, like already oranging up. And they went in, like they are like probably a good, I would say six weeks to two months ahead of the start that I planted in town. And it's just amazing. And I'm so excited because I've literally, a couple things I've always wanted to do in my gardening journey, because I've really only ever had urban gardens of varying sizes. I've had smaller ones. I've had bigger ones. I've had a lot of success with raised bed gardens and like big planters and stuff like that. So that's tend to what I do. I don't have any in-ground gardening spots in my urban garden. It's all raised planter beds and giant pots. It's like estate planters. So the three things that I've always wanted to do, well, four, four. And I got three of them done this year. Maybe three and a half if you really want to be technical. So the three things I've always wanted to do was grow onions. Did that, actually did that in town. Harvested the onions just the other day. They're beautiful. They're walla walla onions. So they're perfect. They're big. They're going to be amazing. I can't wait to use them. The second thing I've always wanted to do is to pl plant potatoes in the ground. Now I do do potatoes in grow bags in the city. So it's not like I don't know how to grow potatoes, but I mean like where you've got two, three, four, whatever, how many rows of potatoes in the ground that you hill up like with a hoe and you're watching the, the rows and potatoes done that got accomplished. They are going to be ready for harvest in the next few weeks. The third thing was to grow pumpkins in a field, like where you have a big plant, you just let it sprawl wherever and you go you know, in September or October, 
depending on the weather, and you harvest pumpkins. And you have pumpkins for like Thanksgiving and Halloween, and you can make pumpkin pie out of them, and you can carve them for jack-o'-lanterns for Halloween, or you can use them as porch decor or whatever, but just to be able to pick my own. So those three, check, check, and double check. The fourth thing is corn. And I'm only giving corn a half this year because it did grow corn in the field. It did grow and it does have cobs on it because of the short amount of time that they've been growing. I doubt that we will have any significant harvest. Like we'll get a few cobs, maybe, but that's fine. I know they can grow. I know they're happy out there. So next year, when we put stuff in the ground sooner, I know that they'll grow. So I'm kind of chalking it up as a kind of a half success because even though we're not doing a big harvest off it, I know that that's, that potential definitely exists. And it's just a timing thing. You know, you can't expect to start corn from seed on July 1st and then in September be going, oh yeah, we're getting bushels of corn. Yeah, that's, just, that's not going to happen. So that's pretty exciting. So that part of fall, I'm really excited for all of that, especially this year because it's our first harvest off of stuff out at the farm, in the raised bed garden and in the field garden. I also low-key, not that I like cold weather because make no mistake, I do not like winter. I do not like winter at all. I tolerate winter and I, okay, I don't like heavy winter. Do I like light winter? And by light, I mean there's a little bit of snow on the ground. It's fun to bundle up, maybe go for a walk, come back and have a hot chocolate, sit by a fire, you know, in, in the house, like whether it's a wood stove or a fireplace, or even sit outside. Like, have it cold enough that you could build a fire outside, but not so cold that you're going, okay, I don't even want to sit around this fire because it's, I'm going to freeze to death even with the fire. Like where you can go, oh, this fire is nice to sit outside around in the winter. You know, that kind of light winter, light winter, light snow, you know, not blistery winds, maybe gentle snowflakes falling, you know, that very Norman Rockwell version of winter. That I like. But I do like the part of fall that lets us start soup season. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't know what to say to you. Okay. Soup season. It, it's upon us. This is where we pull out our recipes for soups and make some really great ones. I love a good soup, especially cause I make my bread and my buns from scratch at home. Like I'm always like, I don't buy bread or buns from the store. I make them. Um, I just like it. My son has, uh, now you can hear the cat in the background. My son has, he's not gluten intolerant. He's not, he doesn't have a gluten problem per se. What he, what it's more accurate to say is he has a processed food intolerance and by by process of elimination that's what we found out so it's not about it's not about that he can't eat bread or buns it's he can't eat them if you buy them from the store so and he really loves bread like the rest of us like who doesn't love bread 
And so I, so, but if I make it from scratch at home, whether it's regular or sourdough or whatever, he can eat it without limitations. Like zero problem, zero problem. The second I bring some bread home from the store, even if it's from a local bakery, yeah, no, he, it, he just sits like a brick of wet cement in his stomach. And then the gastrointestinal issues that follow are super fun for him. So, you know, we just decided not to do that anymore. And it's really easy to keep up with because it's just the two of us at home. So, yay. So I usually make bread and buns a couple times a week. I usually make a loaf of bread and about a mm, dozen and a half buns. And that usually lasts us for the week for toasts, for sandwiches. Um, we tend to be more those sandwich bun, like bun sandwich people than as opposed to making it with sliced bread. Like our sliced bread is just mostly a toast thing. Um, so I tend to sometimes even make buns twice a week, whereas I will only make a loaf of bread once a week because we only use it for the toasts. But anyways, so I have these yummy buns, back to my point, and so they go amazing with soup. So if you have never made a homemade soup, I'm going to give you an easy one. And this is amazing. And once you eat it like this, you will never again eat it from a can or a box, or wherever, however you usually get it. Most people get it from a can. I'm just making that assumption. And it's so easy. So what you're going to do is, whether you grow them yourself, I like to grow them myself. And yeah, they're so easy to grow. Why not? Tomatoes. Get some tomatoes. It doesn't even really matter. You know, people, people will tell you, oh, for sauces or for this or for that, get the San Marzano tomatoes. And if you can get those, great. If you're growing them, even better. But right now in the grocery store, most grocery stores, our grocery store has a lot of local produce. That's kind of their thing. They, they, or you have a farmer's market and you can get some local tomatoes and local produce. This time of year, it, the stuff that I'm about to tell you that you need is really easy to get locally grown at a farmer's market or if your supermarket does kind of a local food thing, then you'll be get them there. And they're actually at a really decent price, which is why I suggest stocking up and making a bunch of this. I'll go into that later. So what you're going to do is you're going to get um, some sort of baking dish, like just anything, just like anything. I like to use like a 9 by 13 casserole dish thing but you could use anything that's going to hold a vol a, like that level of volume of vegetables and this is what you're going to put in so you're going to cut up a whole bunch of tomatoes I like to do probably hmm, I'm going to say three to five pounds and and just like cut that stem end off and then just literally quarter them like you don't have to do anything more than that um, throw them in there and then quarter up, I would say a whole onion. I like to use the white onions or if you've got like a walla walla or yeah, walla walla or a white onion, you could use a purple onion if you want. I, I don't know. I just like the whites. So one of those, then get a head of garlic and just cut like a little bit off the top of it, off the whole head, so that you can see like all the little garlic pieces on it, okay? And so you've got your chopped up onion, your chopped up tomato, and then like in the corner, put your head of garlic. Then put um, 
like some parsley and some basil. Um, I like to add a red pepper cut up too. And then you're going to drizzle everything with salt, with, with olive oil, especially get a lot of good olive oil on top of that garlic head. And then like the rest of the stuff that's got all the stuff kind of mixed together, olive oil, and then you kind of toss it together, salt and pepper. Now you're going to roast it in your oven. I put mine on for at 450 for probably, I like to roast the crap out of mine. So I put them on for like 45 minutes. And it just really roasts it down and it kind of roasts all the flavors together, if that makes any sense. Okay, easy peasy. You now have 45 minutes to go do something else. And by the way, it took me probably longer to explain what to put in that pan than it will for you to put the stuff in the pan. So simple, simple, simple. Now you got 45 minutes, go do something else. Go do some laundry, go spend some time with your kids, go outside and you know rake some leaves or I don't know, think of something that'll take 45 minutes. Go take a shower. Go have a 45, go, go have a 35 minute bath and then leave yourself 10 minutes to come out of the bath and be back. And here's the thing. It's not going to die. If you're like, oh, I went and did something and I'm back at 55 minutes. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. It's, it's, it's not a thing. Anyway. So now what you're going to do is you're going to get like a pot like a soup pot, like whatever you would make soup in. And you're going to, I take the garlic out first just because this makes the steps easier. So I take the garlic out and you're literally going to squeeze and they're going to come out like toothpaste. You're going to squeeze those roasted garlic pieces out of the top of the head where you cut it and they will literally all squeeze out like toothpaste. So you're going to squeeze that into your, into your soup pot. Then you're going to scrape every, like everything, like don't spoon it and leave stuff in, like literally scrape everything out of your roasting pan into your soup pot. Okay. Then turn the heat on underneath your soup pot. I like to put mine like at a medium and then just kind of stir it around a bit and then add a little bit of broth. Now you can use chicken broth. You can use veggie broth if you want to keep this 100% vegetarian, vegan, whatever the term is. You can use veggie broth. You can use broth you bought at the store. You can use broth you made yourself. I do. I always use like a turkey or a chicken broth. I usually make it myself. I'm not going to lie. I'll get back to that in a minute. So you put a little bit in there. And then if you don't have one of these tools that I'm about to mention, put this podcast on pause and go to the store and get one because this is going to make your life so much easier for a lot of different things. Cause I'm going to tell you something else later in this episode that is going to be amazing to do with it. An immersion blender. You, you can get a KitchenAid one that's super fancy you can get one from whatever store. Go to Walmart and get one. They all pretty much work the same. You know, if you've got KitchenAid appliances and you'd like to keep everything, you know, in the same color family and the whole set, great, fabulous, do that. If you're like going, I don't really care, go to Walmart and get one. They literally all work the same. So if you're kind of going, well, I want the KitchenAid because it'll work better. No, it won't. They work the exact same. You really can't tell the difference. And I've had both. 
for this particular thing, it, it's one is as good as another. Because here's what you're going to do now. Now that you've got all that stuff from the roasting pan and the garlic and a little bit of, and a little bit of uh, broth, and I would say you're probably going to need, I would say, a couple of cups. A couple. Depending. Depending on how thick you want your soup. But at least put a cup of some sort of broth in there. Don't use water. Don't be like that. Just don't. I'll talk about broth in a minute after I go through the rest of this recipe. So you've got in your pot, you've got your garlic, you've got your roasted tomatoes, you've got some maybe a roasted red pepper, onion, some parsley, some basil that has all been roasted together, salt and pepper. Great. And you've got the broth. So now you're literally just going to take the immersion blender in, you turn it on and you kind of, now do this carefully. How I do it is I take my soup pot and kind of tilt it up so that it makes the liquid really deep where I'm putting my immersion blender. Because here's what you don't want to do. You don't, because it will splash and it's hot and I've gotten the lion's end of the hot stuff splashing on me and it's not fun. But if you tilt it so that the deep part and you run your immersion blender through the deep part, trust me, it's, it's like a whirlpool. It sucks all the other stuff in. And then you can, you know, kind of shake, stop and then shake it around and then re-tip it and do that. You only have to do it for a little bit. And every one of those things is blended smooth. And I mean smooth. There is no chunks. I have a child who does not like chunks. So when I tell you smooth, I mean smooth. And it's amazing. And now you heat that up. And that is the most amazing tomato soup you will ever have. Now, when you serve it, I like to add a little bit of cream at the end to, you know, make it a little bit richer. You can do that as well. I haven't tried it with like a plain Greek yogurt or anything like that, but I can't see why that wouldn't work if you wanted to do that. I also like to garnish it with a little like heavy cream swirl on the top because I find that fancy. And I tend to like to serve it with like the bread, like the homemade bread that I make and make grilled cheese sandwiches. Now you've got this homemade bread with grilled cheese sandwiches and this garden fresh roasted tomato and pepper soup. And it's amazing. So back to buying it on sale. So right now, every like onions and tomatoes and like herbs everything's very plentiful for the soup the peppers the onions the tomatoes the herbs so here's what i suggest and i have done this in my house i call it a tomato starter because that same roasted stuff you could Take that before you add the chicken broth to it and you could pour that over browned meat and make a nice sauce to put over pasta. You could do the same to make it into lasagna or like I said, you can add the broth and make it into a soup. So what I like to do is I get pans and pans and pans and pans and pans of this stuff, roast it up and I freeze it in one liter. Um, so for you people that use um, Imperial, it would be a quart container. You can get them off Amazon. And they're like semi-transparent. And I just write on them. And, and they're like a big yogurt container is what they look like, except that you buy them in a pack of, I don't know, I got like 20 of them. And they're reusable. But you can put this tomato start in 
so that you can turn it into whatever later. So you could, so sometimes I put my, and I don't even put, do the immersion blender part. I literally just spoon the roasted chunks of stuff into these containers and I freeze them. And then when I'm going to use them, that's when I decide, oh, I'm going to make a spaghetti sauce with it. So I'm going to brown up some meat, run my immersion blender, which fits right into the container, by the way, once you've taken it out of the freezer. So you don't even have to put it into anything. After you pull it out of the freezer, you can just immersion blend, pour it over your meat. Or you can immersion blend, put it in your pot, add your broth. It makes things very quick and easy. And if you're not at the point in your food prepping where you're at the canning or pressure canning stage, this is a great alternative. And I can whip up like gobs of this stuff in a weekend. Gobs of this stuff. And like I said, you can use it for everything. Lasagna. Think of how many things you're going to use a tomato-based sauce for. So that's bolognese sauce, tomato soup, meatloaf. You can put it in lasagna. Just, it's endless. It's endless. And it's great. And it's so yummy. And it tastes freshly roasted and fresh when you take it in the freezer. So you're getting that flavor that you like all season long. So that's one thing to get ready to put in your freezer. Enjoy it now. Enjoy it all through the winter. Easy peasy. Back to the broth thing. I'm going to take some mysteries out of broth for you. Vegetable broth, here's the best thing to do. Get some sort of container that has, or a giant Ziploc bag that works just as well. Keep it in your freezer and all of your, like, you know, when you cut the ends off of carrots and you're chopping the ends off of the celery and, you know, your onion skins and your, all your vegetable, the thing when you're prepping your food, you're not eating that you would go, well, I'm going to put this in the garbage. Put that in the freezer bag in the freezer. And once that bag is full, you can put it in a pot, add some water, add your salt, pepper, garlic, what else do I put in there? Salt, pepper, garlic. If there isn't enough onion in that, I always put onion, bay leaf, some other spices that you like. Parsley's, I love, I love a lot of parsley and a lot of garlic in my soup stocks. And if you're going, oh, but I want to make chicken stock, then you take that bag of vegetable scraps, add an onion, your bay leaf, your, your garlic, salt and pepper, and then bones of chicken. So if you get a rotisserie chicken and you're like, okay, we used all the meat off it and I'm just going to throw that carcass. No, no, no. Get another Ziploc bag. Become Because when stock time comes, you can pull the carcass out of the freezer, the bag of vegetable scraps out of the freezer, and all you're going to do is put them in the biggest pot you can, fill them with water and all the spices you want. Like I said, salt, pepper, garlic, bay leaf, parsley. You could put rosemary in there if you want. And just literally from the time you get up in the morning till like after supper, have it just simmering on the stove all just all day, just all day. And then when you're done, all you're going to do is you're going to pour it through a sieve. So those metal sieves that you literally get anywhere, I think you can even get them at the dollar store so that it takes the chunks out of your broth. And then again, you're going to take that broth and you're going to put it in those same one liter containers or quart containers that I was explaining that I got from Amazon and you're going to fill them like, I don't know, three quarters of the way full. 
don't fill the, resist the urge to fill them all the way up because if you know anything about science, stuff expands, especially liquid when it freezes. So you don't want to, it to blow apart when you freeze it. So fill the container three quarters of the way full, put the lid on it right in dry erase marker what is in these containers because then when you reuse them you can like when you as you wash them when you're done with them the dry erase marker will come off and then you they're great to reuse so now you've got broth in the freezer you've got tomato starch in the freezer and that is a lot of stuff you're going to need over the winter because you're going to be making soups you're going to be making stews you're going to be making meatloaf you're going to want to have that nice tomato soup you're going to want to make lasagna. You're going to want to have all those pasta dishes that you like. And here's, and they all are calling for some sort of tomato-y sauce. And some recipes are going to cause, call for some sort of broths as well. So now that's two things you don't have to buy. And basically, you're just using scraps for the broth. So before you go and spend $3 on like a, a liter of, saw, of broth, just remember that's what they're doing to get the broth. They're going, oh, bone broth. Well, that's what it is because they've put bones in it to boil it down. And if you want to make beef stock, you just do the same thing as I said with the chicken, except that it's beef bones. So you can buy soup bones from your butcher. You can, if you've got a roast with a bone in it, save it, throw it in the pot save a few of them, make a bunch of it. So that's an, another amazing thing now that you've got to go all winter long. And you can have the taste of homemade, a fresh garden, and all of that all winter long. So how exciting is fall now? The other thing that's before, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up real quick because it's supposed to be midweek musings, not, you know, hour long of diatribes. I really, and a bunch of my friends are the same way. We also really like, this is when we start doing those crocheted blankets or those quilts or those kind of, I don't want to say needlepoint because I don't, I don't cross stitch, but definitely the crochet. This is when I'm starting to make my blankets. This is when I'm starting to think about my quilts. This is when... I'm starting to have those cozier activities and that's what I like about fall. I like the cozy activities. I really do. I love having the bright sunshine, but it's not so hot that I'm sweating to death. I like to be able to crochet with hot chocolate on the table. I love to make, I love the smell of soup simmering on the stove. I love making bread to go along with it so that we've got like the soup and the bread or a nice chili or a nice stew. I love that sort of thing. And I'm loving this fall season right now. I'm having all that because it's kind of seeming like it's going to come in slow and last for a long time. And that's my absolute favorite is when it comes in slow and lasts for a long time so you can actually enjoy all aspects of it. The other thing that I super love is it's, it's it starts the, the season for me. And I know people who do different things all year round. And I, I don't. I don't know why. I couldn't even give you an answer to that. Probably because I'm busy and, and finicky about decor. 
but now starts the decor season for me. So I'm going to be putting out my fall decor, which like I put out the base fall decor, like the pumpkins and the leaves and all of that kind of thing, the harvesty type decor. And then as we move past Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Canada is like the second week of October. So if you're confused watching this when you are in the States, that's why we don't, we have our, we have our Thanksgiving in October, not in November like you guys. So at right after Thanksgiving, then I start adding to my fall decor by putting the spooky stuff in for Halloween. Like, and literally, I mean the next day, like we have Thanksgiving one day and literally the next morning I am putting out the bats and the ghosts and the, all of that kind of stuff because I really, really, really like fall decor and I really, really like Halloween decor and it starts the decor season for me. And that's another reason why I really enjoy this time because it also represents for me the beginning of decor season because I do fall and then Halloween. And then honestly, I leave my Halloween stuff up way longer than is probably okay. But you know what? It's okay with me and that's all and who needs to be okay with. And then I am very respectful and I do not. And if you, and if you want to try to come at me about this or argue the point with me, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't care. I, I don't care other people's opinions. I do this for this reason. And if you don't, you do you, I'll do me. And we don't have to convince each other to do different. I wait till after Remembrance Day to put up any Christmas decor out of respect for what that day represents. There is no hate for any of you who put it up earlier. None whatsoever. There was a time during COVID, we literally had our Christmas tree up, not all of our Christmas decorations, but our Christmas tree up and lit, like so the lights on for 13 straight months because we just needed that morale boost. So there is no hate on those of you who put it up before. I just don't because I want that delineation and I want that represented in my home. That's just something I am at. And then, but I, but it's not long after Remembrance Day. And then I start putting the Christmas stuff up because I like decor and I like the decor that I have and I want to be able to have it up as much as possible. And I honestly leave it up till the end of January. So from September till the end of January is my decor season. And this is the beginning of it. So I get to have my hot chocolates and my tea and my crochet and start bringing out my decor. And I'm excited about that. And now this year, along with the harvest, and if you follow me on Instagram, you will see pictures of the pumpkins and the zucchini that, that are growing out at the farm, and you'll be amazed. They just look amazing. They just look amazing. So have a peek at that. It's at Seven Martians on Mars on Instagram. That's where you're going to see kind of the day-to-day -day of what I do, what, what goes on, the funny little anecdote stuff, and if I'm referring to some, something on the podcast that has a visual, that's where you're going to find it. So if you, if you listen to the podcast, you're like, oh, I wonder what those look like. If you immediately head over to Instagram, you'll probably find them because I usually put the Instagram pictures up first before it's something that I talk about in the podcast. I don't know why that is. It's not on purpose. It's just how it is. 
So I hope you guys are being able to enjoy this fall season that we're stepping into. I hope you are taking time to enjoy the changing colors in nature. I hope you are enjoying the changing of the temperatures. I hope that you are finding things to be excited about. And I really hope you also take the time to do some really great stuff for yourself. Take time to go for a walk in nature. Take time to get a new book from the library or an audio book off of Audible. They are amazing. Do some stuff for yourself. Don't get so busy with the busyness of the season of back to school and everything's changing and we're so busy and the seasons are ramping up that you don't take time for yourself. Always take time for yourself. Do a little something every day. I like to do a half an hour of something every day for myself. And then longer stuff, you know, on the weekend or when I'm out at the farm. I like to be a little more self-focused when I'm out at the farm. By the way, the half an hour I take for myself every day, that is in addition to moving my body. I don't consider moving my body as a, oh, that was a special treat for myself. No, that is a requirement like eating and drinking water and having showers. So do something nice for yourself. Like I said, get a, get a, get a new book or a magazine from the library. You know, pick a new series to start watching on a streaming service. Pop some popcorn and make, you know, make, make a date with yourself where you're like, you know, maybe, maybe every Wednesday evening you can go, okay, after supper, I'm going to go and I'm going to watch my show and I'm going to pop some popcorn and I'm going to have some snacks and it's going to be all about me. Great. Do that. Do that. Keep moving your body though. This is a great season to be moving our body because like I said, it's great to go outside, go for a walk because it's warm enough that we can still do so with ease. There's no snow yet. Knock on wood. And it's cool enough that we're not like super sweaty when we get back. I've gotten used to the sweat working out on the farm this, this summer. So I've gotten used to the constant like grimy sweat. But, you know, if you're going to go for a walk every day, I like to do mine right after supper. I'm not one of those get up and do the dishes things. Listen to my dishes episode. You'll, you'll, you'll know why. I like to get up and move my body, which is great to do after you eat. So move your bodies, do something special for yourselves. And I would love, 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 love if you guys could just any post, I don't care what it is in Instagram, just something that I've posted on. Tell me what you guys just be like, hey, listen to your podcast and then tell me what's something that you are going to start doing this fall for yourself. Some tradition maybe that you've always had that you're excited to do another year of. Maybe you are trying to make soup for the first time. Maybe you have a tried and true soup recipe that you're just like, it is soup season and I can't wait to make this soup. Maybe you're excited about getting a project done for crafts. Maybe you're ramping up to get some Christmas gifts pre-made. I'd love to hear what everyone else is doing because I am really excited about this season. I am leaning hard into kind of the just back to basic stuff. Like I said, the suit making, the gardening, the crochet, the quilting, 
I'm actually trying. I'm not really, okay. I'm really good at going to yoga classes. What I'm not really good at is doing yoga at home by myself. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to try. So I'm going to try to do some yoga, a yoga slash meditation that I'm going to try doing. And I'm going to try, I'm just going to try to do 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. And I'm going to try to build that ritual into my everyday. So we'll see how it goes. So follow along, follow me on Instagram and tune in next time for another midweek musing. I hope your week is going well. I hope that you are not counting the seconds till your week ends, that it's not that stressful. But if it is, just remember before you know it, it will be over and you'll be able to go, it's done and you'll be able to relax. So just hold on. If you're having a tough one, hold on. And if you're not having a tough one, yay you, good on ya. What's your secret? As always on the Mama Mentor Podcast, take what works and toss the rest because life is too short for someone to tell you what to do. Love you tons. See you next time. Bye-bye.